the BX Basketball Podcast. I'm Nick Englander here with... Glad that I got out Christian Oka here. <laughs> and, you know, so Christian, the rule of any NBA trade deadline, when they say it's going to be quiet... This is it's crazy. not going to be quiet. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to be quiet. And when they say it's going to be crazy, it's quiet. Very quiet. So... A bunch of trades were made today. I haven't gotten the exact number, but I'm exhausted over the past few days. Um, tons of storylines. Obviously, Mike Muscala to the Celtics being the biggest one. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, we start in Brooklyn, where Paul has once again weaseled his way out of another podcast because he's scared to face the music. He's stuck in the roast session we're about to lay on the fucking nets right now, dude. <laughs> and what has truly been a collapse, you can't even, you can't even script. You can't even script it. And Not even a soap opera could, could be this good at how just horrible this has gone. <laughs> the nets, three years ago, like, you sent me that, te- uh, you sent me that text uh, today, the clean sweep, as they called it, when they signed Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> the fact that he was included in there is still so funny. But uh, now, the Nets, as we know it, are dead. They have traded Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. They have traded Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks. DeAndre Jordan's been gone for a long time. Ben Simmons is still in Brooklyn. Cam Thomas is the new savior, apparently. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think this probably was going to be a fairly quiet trade deadline. And then Kyrie Irving asked out and all hell ensued. And Christian, as a New Yorker, I'm going to let you start, but... You know, I'm I'm going to say a lot of things roasting the poverty franchise over at the Barclays Center where I am looking forward, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to once again going to games where I once went for $4 to a preseason game to see Blake Griffin and the Pistons take on the Nets when they had Anthony Bennett. I'm looking forward to those days returning. Oh, you got to keep in mind that inflation is a thing, so it'll be $10 per ticket. <laughs> Christian, go ahead. Your thoughts on on what the uh, what has transpired in Brooklyn? Um, okay, well, obviously, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and um, we know what has happened, what's gone on, the debacle that happened with the Nets. Uh, but let's be honest. I'm going to go back to 2019, okay? I think everybody right. thought Kevin Durant was coming to the Knicks. And when mm-hmm. the Nets managed to fleece everybody and get Kyrie and get Kevin Durant, you remember, Nick, you were pissed off too because remember all the promises Kyrie made about staying in Boston. Of course. So for 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 the better part of like a year and a half, you know, everybody rightfully so was making fun of the Knicks for not being able to get those players Oh my God! Though how how three years goes by and things really change <laughs> because it's just it's crazy, dude. Uh, I mean, it's tech, it, it's it's technically four uh, yes. four yes. seasons, three and a half seasons. Um, and as a Knicks fan, like I mentioned to you, if this had happened to the Knicks, I can't even oh imagine. God, dude. People would be sh- people would be absolutely shitting on the Knicks real hard, rightfully so, if something like this happened. But but my like thoughts overall are just you know this is a cautionary tale of catering to superstars, right? Catering mm-hmm. to superstars that are not that are not your homegrown talents. Because remember where the Nets were. Now, now, now again, think about this and. I'm going to maybe slightly, I'll, I'll slightly take the Nets defense here and, you know, pretend to be Paul for a second and be pissed off here. But they, <laughs> remember, the year before, you know, that 2019, 
the Nets with D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie. Remember, they made that trade with you guys. They got Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. They basically got fleeced by you guys. Had no talent, had no hope, had nothing. In a matter of years, they were able to slightly turn it around and make the playoffs. Get to the 60. Actually have a competitive series with the 76ers. Then that offseason, you have a young core, a really good coach in Kenny Atkinson. You build a culture, right? You know, you're an up-and-coming team in Brooklyn. Okay, it's New York, right? You know, that's awesome. And you get two of the best players in the league. Those guys should have got you over the hump. They should have got you a championship. And instead, they catered to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Every whim. They wanted to get rid of Kenny Atkinson. They wanted to hire Steve Nash. Uh, remember when Kyrie said we don't need a coach? Remember when yeah. Kyrie said? Remember when Kyrie said, um, "Oh, you know, we have we have Karis Levert and Kevin Durant uh, and myself. We just need a couple more pieces. We have all these things." Hey, asshole! You and Kevin Durant are supposed to be the pieces that get us over the hump. We made the playoffs yeah. without you. We didn't need. We brought you here so you could bring us to the promised land. You asshole! You're an idiot. And and. And again, it just, I can keep going. Then they wanted to get James Harden. Then they trade James Harden after a year. I mean, where do you go? And I just want to say this one thing. Obviously, it was a disaster. Obviously, it's embarrassing what happened. This is, this is, you and I discussed this, Nick. This is probably the worst. This is probably the greatest failure of any sport in, a, in North American sports. This, this, I, I can't remember anything worse than this. Yeah. No. Like, Maybe the dream team Philadelphia Eagles, but that was always a little overblown, in my opinion. It was like, like yeah, they were they had a lot of talent, but like they weren't. Did they really have Super Bowl aspirations, though? I mean, I don't think they did. I think people thought they'd be like division winners, and then the Giants just steamrolled everybody towards the end of the year and won the Super Bowl that year. But that's probably the most. That's probably the closest I could think. Maybe, maybe you think of like a, a like. The Rockets in the '90s when they got when they had Clyde and Charles Barkley, but those guys were older. You're getting yeah. you got you had three of three had three top seventy five players. Okay, Kyrie's not a top seventy five player. He's near it, right? You had three top seventy five players on your roster in the primes of their career and didn't even you won one fucking playoff series, dude. Yeah, they won as many and, playoff series as Carmelo Anthony did with an injured Amari Stoudemire. <laughs> Think about that. It's crazy. <laughs> And you know, and you know, um, you mentioned a lot of stuff that went wrong. I said, let's just timeline it. Let's just do it right now. So day year one, they signed Katie, Kyrie, DeAndre Jordan, right? Bunch of spare parts for that first year because they knew Katie was going to be out. Yes. Then you know, in year one, I by the way, the Suns just put out their graphic. You know, it says "Welcome to the Valley, KD," and it's KD and uh, Phoenix Suns jersey. And man, it looks weird. Um, but, uh, so year one, uh, Durant's out, Kyrie gets a shoulder injuries out for the season, um, doesn't show up for his first game in Boston and his return, big surprise. Mm. Uh, then, and, and then, um, like you said, the Atkinson thing, that was the, the original sin to me. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, that was that absolutely. was the original one where I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. And then year two, this is where things get interesting because year two was the real year they had a chance. You know, year two. In year so year two, the Irish Steve Nash, which at the time I was like, eh, whatever. Uh, year two. You start off the year with James Harden wanting to go to your team, but he hasn't gotten traded yet. Mm-hmm. You kind of start off a little slow, but they, they blew the Celtics out and they blew the Warriors out in the first two games of the season. So they showed a lot of potential with, like, Katie and Kyrie and a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. Then Spencer Dinwiddie tears his ACL. Then Kyrie, after January 6th, goes on a sabbatical, doesn't tell his teammates where he is, doesn't tell the organization where he is, where he is, has a COVID mask party, a uh, maskless party, uh, basically checks out on the team, and because of that, they go out and trade for James Harden, like they panic trade for him, and in one of the other original sins of this era, they trade Jarrett Allen, which was a 
I, I, I'm not a huge on Karis Levert, so I'm not going to put him on that level. But they trade Jarrett Allen. And by the way, how can we forget a big reason Atkinson was fired was because he started Jared Allen over DeAndre Jordan. And Katie Kyrie didn't like that. It's fucking unbelievable. So the Nets obviously get Kyrie back. They steamroll teams like 90% of the year. Then, in the, then we go to the playoffs. The first round, they play the Boston Celtics, who are coming, who, let's be real, coming off a terrible season, who had lost Jalen Brown for the season. And, of course, they beat him in five. But, you know, Kyrie instantly kills the vibes for no reason by stepping on the logo. And I knew you were going to bring it up. <laughs> I, oh, I'll never forget that. And what's crazy is, and I'm gonna get. I'm gonna say it's at the end. They're relating to the logo thing, obviously. But um, so the year, so Kevin Durant steps on the line. They come up short against the Bucks, right? Okay. And don't forget, Kyrie gets hurt in that playoff series. Remember, he's he did. And then James Harden, both of them did. Yes. So over that summer, it was all rumored that the Nets were all going to sign extensions, and they were going to be together forever, or whatever. And then Kyrie Irving doesn't get vaccinated. Oh, and <laughs> that is really when things started to go south. That is really when things started to go south. And starting from there, they make him, you know, they first they send him home. James Harden is like, yeah, I'm not leaving. Then they let Kyrie back as a part-time player. And him and James Harden, they'll get along. And James Harden... You know, walked out the door. And right. He asked for a trade. Not He's not even on the team for a year, and he's requested a trade. That's fucking yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, from a loaded team. And it, it, it's unbelievable. And they get Ben Simmons back, who has been a total disaster there. And his first year, you know, they stuck. Katie hurts his knee. They lose like 18 straight games after being the one seed. They go into the playoff. They limp into the playoffs. And you guys sweep Boston and Celtics sweep. and get fucking killed. Like they they had a chance to win game one. These Kyrie played so great. Which by the way, let's be real. Mm. That's the only great game Kyrie has really played in Boston. Like that game, yeah, he, <laughs> he kind of no, seriously. He played kind of well in game four of the series in 2021. But, and by the way, you know what's unbelievable? You know what's unbelievable about that series, the series in Nets one? The Celtics still won a game in that series. Like, because Tatum had 50 points. Yeah. Like, like they still won a game in that series. When our second leading scorer and third leading scorer in that game, no, no, our first second, third, and fourth leading scores in that game were Tatum, Marcus Smart, if I remember correctly, Evan Fournier, and Tristan Thompson. Oh, that team, <laughs> like, I, I think eight or nine of those guys on that Celtics team are out of the league right now. Like, it, it, like that was a talentless team. And it's, and, you know, one year later, the Celtics steamrolled them. So we go into the offseason, and Kyrie wants the max, and they say, oh, oh how, how could I forget this quote? I, I totally forgot that. Because like you said, Kyrie had some doozies, but this one was a real doozy. And that was, I can't wait to co-manage the franchise, me and Kev, Joe and Sean. What have you done to co-manage the franchise? You take your team's season you multiple times so they get in the contract impasse Kyrie just yeah he Kyrie just opts in because no one else wants him besides the Lakers and they're not taking Westbrook and then Katie asks out the Nets are like sorry we're not trading you and 
So they all just kind of are like, oh, okay, now everybody's back. And by the way, in the meantime, KB asked for Steve Nash to be fired and Sean Marks to be fired. So they bring Nash back anyway, which they should not have done. And then to start this year, they start off very slow. And then right as, it, right as shit hits the fan, Kyrie posts that link to that movie, the anti-Semitic movie. And then they try to hire Ime Udoka. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, my God. That's right. They try to hire Ime, who is in the midst of a fucking suspension. Like, <laughs> and the league stepped in. The league literally had to step in on a team. They just step in and say, yeah, this probably isn't a great idea. <laughs> oh, God. So the Nets, in their genius ways, think hiring Ime is the way to go. They basically get told no, so they hire Jacques Vaughn. Who's not a good job. He's actually done pretty well. And then Kyrie comes back from suspension, in which, you know... He didn't really apologize, but... Right, and honestly, honestly, he shouldn't have been allowed to play this year. I would have personally banned his ass the whole year and been like, fuck you. The point is is that he was never really that apologetic. And in the movie he posted, was very anti-Semitic. And so, but he comes back, the Nets win 18 out of 20 games. And and I won't play. What's up? And then Kevin Durant gets hurt. Yeah, and then Kevin Durant gets hurt. And where do all the problems seem to start? Kevin Durant gets hurt. They they don't play as badly as last year, but they're not playing great. And then Kyrie doesn't get a fully guaranteed extension, which is the fact that he asked for that after that suspension is so insane. I don't even know where to begin. Like the fact that he asked for that is so nuts. It's absolutely crazy. And what does he do? He asks out. He quits on the team. Hmm, where have I heard this before? Kyrie quitting on the team. Wow. Anyway, and by the way, the way the Nets fans are describing Kyrie now, he's a quitter. He's a malcontent. He's bad for the locker room. And where have I heard that before? <laughs> Actually, shit on Celtics fans the whole time for saying he's a quitter, that he, sh- that he quit on the Celtics. Hmm. Maybe that's just in his nature. And then he gets traded to uh, to uh, to Dallas. Dallas yeah. And then in day one, in day one, those embarrassing quotes that are talking about. Oh my God! Dude, no, not just the embarrassing quotes, which because we we all agree those were so embarrassing. He deletes the apology. For anti-Semitism on day one. Oh my God! The guy, of course, he was not the only reason. Steve Nash was a big reason. Sean Marks is a big reason. Kevin Durant was a big reason. James Harden was a big reason. Ben Simmons was a big reason. Just an absolute failure. And if you want to look at Kevin Durant for blame, he doesn't deserve a ton to me. But if he deserves some, he enables Kyrie, and that's a problem. You know, like, he didn't well, tell him to stop. But you know what, Nick? That's the reason why I think he deserves more blame, because he let Kyrie tell him where to go. Let's be honest. We all know where Kevin Durant was. He didn't want to go to the Nets. He didn't want to go to the Nets. Kyrie wanted to go to the Nets, so he followed yeah. him. Yeah. And he should, yeah. have been, he should have been the alpha dog. He should Because here's the thing. Kyrie, did you ever hear antics that Kyrie was doing when he was on the Cavs with LeBron? No, because LeBron made sure his shit was in check. Because LeBron is a fucking alpha dog. And LeBron was like, you're not fucking up my opportunity to win championships, you asshole. So you better stay quiet and sit your ass down. And then once he got away from LeBron, you saw all the shit that was happening. You saw what he did to you guys in Celtics. He destroyed the locker room, destroyed the chemistry. Then he went to Brooklyn, and he did it again. He destroyed the locker room. He destroyed the chemistry. He destroyed that fucking organization. And I just want to say this one thing, Nick. Um, I've seen people defend Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant saying the Nets, uh, it was the Nets' fault. Um, if 
I was employed by somebody and they were paying me millions of dollars and I went to my boss and said, yeah, I don't want to work today. I get fucking fired on the fucking spot. What the fuck are you idiots talking about? Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are bitches. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are losers. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are not winners. They've won championships. They were bus riders. They've never been bus drivers. They never have been. They never will be. Screw those guys. I hope they never win championships because they don't deserve to win championships. Because guess what? They are not winning players. They're losers. And I'm saying it right here. And I don't care. People are going to be like, oh, Kevin Durant's a top 10 player all the time. Yeah, but guess what? He had to leave his team in Oklahoma City because he couldn't get the freaking job done and had to join Steph Curry's team and win with Steph Curry. And people are going to say he was the best player on that team. No, he wasn't. It was always Steph Curry's team. It always has been. It always will be. And you see what Steph Curry did without him. He won another championship. And Kyrie Irving has never done anything without LeBron James. So I just want to put that out there because those guys are losers. And I'm going to say it again. Those two are the biggest losers in the league's history. I said it. I could be wrong, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> Listen, I think one thing is that I think Kevin Durant, I think I actually feel pretty good about him in Phoenix. I know it sounds weird, but like, I do actually think it's going to work. Like, I think Kevin Durant, like an environment like Phoenix will actually be very good for him because he's going to have people around him like Chris Paul. And I get it, Chris Paul's kind of washed. And as for Kyrie Dallas, I just think Kyrie's a lost cause at this point. Like, I, I just, like, ticking time bomb. Um, but, yeah, it, it's like, it's just absolutely staggering. Like, it's the, the, the and, you know, we haven't even touched on Ben Simmons. Oh, God. Like, who just it looks hopeless out there. Like, he just looks absolutely hopeless. Although, hey, it's his team now. <laughs> He's, it is his team now. Yeah, but, and, then, dude, it's, it, it's the whole thing. Like, again, I'm a Knicks fan, obviously, so I'm. I think this is hilarious. But if you're a Nets fan, how pissed are you? Because you had all this hope. And think about this, Nick. Again, like I said, from that debacle of a trade that Billy King made that just set the franchise back years, they finally, right. they finally built the team up properly in the right way, had some great young players, and they bring these two guys in who have won championships, have, have pedigree in the league, and all they've done is nothing. They did nothing, and they left the fucking franchise high and dry. When the going got tough, they quit on the team. Like, are you serious? How pissed would I be if I was a Nets fan? Screw those guys. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I'm not going to act like Joe Sy's perfect. I'm not going to act like Sean Marks is perfect. They definitely made some bad moves over the years. Like, not very bonehead moves is where I'm like, why? Like, for one, re-signing Patty Mills, letting Bruce Brown walk made no sense to me. Um, but like, it's all semantics, man. Like, it's all, it's Kyrie. It starts with Kyrie. Like, he just ruined the team. Like, you know, like you said, KD is a big, is, is a big, Kevin Durant is a big problem, but Kevin Durant, at the end of the day, did show up and play. For the most part, he did. And Christian, Christian, you mentioned it. Like Kyrie just didn't, just blew the team up and just caused so much drama. And you know, and we could talk about from Dallas' side too. Now, like this is just a desperation move. Like this is just such a desperation move to me. Like just to to get you know Kyrie just because you let Brunson go and you blew that whole situation. Yeah, like, how's Luka going to feel when he sits out for no reason? Right, or or how's Luka going to feel when he leaves to go play for the Lakers or go for the Suns? He could. Yeah, he definitely could. He's not staying with the Mavericks. There's no fucking way he's staying with them. And why would you want to keep that cancer in your locker room? Yeah, I, I... as I, I, as I said, it's a desperation move. It's basically, but the problem, but here's the problem: they have to resign. They have to try to resign, and they gave him a 2029 first round pick, which is crazy. And if they lose it, like if they, if uh, if he walks, 
I just give, oh, they got Max Catholic. But who? Grant Williams? You know, like Cam Johnson? Like who? It's, it's lunacy. Like, it's lunacy. They, the Mavericks are, are just basically throwing shit on the wall and hope it sticks. That's what this is. Absolutely. And you know what, Nick? I, I want to, you know, from the Mavericks standpoint, again, it's desperation. But again, even with the Suns, like, yeah, right now you probably see their title contenders. But the the two biggest things about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving minus their egos and how they're so good at destroying franchises is, is they're never healthy. So yeah, that's another thing too. Kyrie Irving has never played. I don't think he's ever played eighty-two games in a year, or maybe he did like once. So it's like, yeah, you, woohoo, you're getting these big superstars. It's the same thing with the Nets when they got there. Everybody thought they were going to instantly win a championship, right? When they got James Harden, well, no, they were always hurt. It was either they're always hurt or it was always something else. But you know, health is a big thing in the NBA. You know, it that's what that's what that's what causes teams not to win championships. The best players get hurt. So yeah, so yeah like, I mean, like Chris Middleton last year. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like on paper, you know, on paper these moves are good, and yeah, I think it makes the Mavericks and the you know Suns you know playoff teams. And if you know, for the Suns especially, yeah, they might be title contenders. But Kevin Durant has not been able to stay healthy for for like six years now. I mean, like, dude, since he got hurt in the NBA Finals, I don't think he's had a year where he's played eighty-two games. So, yeah, you know, it's a gamble you take, obviously, because it's Kevin Durant. And, you know, you have Devin Booker there, you have DeAndre Aiden, you have Chris Paul, but, you know, I'm still, I'm, you know, I have to see it to believe it. You know, I've always, I'm always going to take that approach, especially when it comes to training stars who are not healthy. Mm. And, you know, that was my approach with Anthony Davis when the Laker trade for him. I was like, okay, yeah, he's great, but he's always hurt. And as you've seen, they had one year where he was healthy, but just because it's you know, the league went in lockdown for six months, so he didn't have time yeah, to get hurt. <laughs> and as you see now, he hasn't played 82 games. So, again, on paper, it looks great. Is it really going to work? I have no idea. But I will say this about, you know, like you said, Nick, you know, the culture is there. And, and you know, he has CP3 and Devin Booker to kind of, you know, worry about the other stuff. So Kevin Durant just has to play basketball. but. Again, I personally think it's still kind of hilarious that he has to go play with with, uh, with with a Hall of Fame player and another really great player that might one day be in the Hall of Fame to possibly win another championship. <laughs> and uh, you know what's crazy? Another thing about the Nets, too, small thing, they didn't trade any of their wings today. Why? Why didn't they trade any of them? Like, they have so many wings. Like, they have the weirdest team now. Like, what are they doing? I, I, don't, like, I don't get it. Uh, it's it's just so it's bizarre, bizarre. I thought for sure they trade like Royce O'Neal or you know like Curry and Finney Smith. Seth Curry, yeah, yeah, Seth Curry or Finney Smith. I think they would keep Finney Smith. The the point is, is that the Nets blew everything, literally everything, and truly, it's just just a staggering, staggering collapse so i mean I, is there really mu- even much else to say at this point like it, it's just like no, they're gonna be those sb nation they're gonna be one of those collapse videos next it's gonna be like the nets how the nets failed how they did it again oh uh, and by the way no congratulations to houston rockets fans for having the nets picks for the next like four or five years what a fucking haul for the Rockets. And I've seen people say, like, oh, the Rockets are worse off than the Nets. Are you guys stupid? They have promising young players and a bunch of fucking picks. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'd rather be the Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, they probably are going to get rid of Silas. But, yeah. No, I mean, it, 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 they're still, like, in a much better. They could get Wemin Yama, like you said. Um, so, the next, uh, I guess you could call it big, like, trade. Because there's so many role player trades. And I think we should just focus on, like, the bigger ones. And maybe talk about our teams a little bit and then kind of, you know, kind of get to the, I guess, our favorites, maybe. Um, another one, which I thought was, uh, you know, was the the big one was the Lakers. And so the Lakers got D-Lo, D-Lo uh, Beasley, and Vanderbilt. Timberwolves got Conley, 
Nikhil Alexander-Walker, three second-rounders, and Jazz got Westbrook. Toscano Anderson, Damian Jones, and a first-round pick in 2027. Um, I forgot if that's protected. Um, I mean, I think it's all right. I, I think the Lakers for once did pretty well, honestly, considering they only gave it one first. Um, I don't know, Christian, what do you think? The biggest thing for the Lakers, and again, cautionary tale of allowing players to <laughs> be the GM of the team, is the GM wanted Russell Westbrook, and you saw how that fucked him for two years. Um, listen, they needed to get rid of Russell Westbrook because that just didn't fit. He was on a max contract, so they really had no flexibility. And again, I think you and I were both on the camp of that was a bad trade for them because, again, he was, he's always injured. He can't shoot anymore. He's a liability. Yeah. And again, Anthony Davis is the same way. He's just always injured. So what the hell were they thinking? Um, they needed they need upgrades all over their roster because they're they're trotting out Matt Reeves, and I can't even name anybody else on the Lakers roster. That's how pathetic it was. But you know, it improves their team a little bit, I think. Although I don't think D'Angelo Russell is really a big upgrade, in my opinion. I think it just kind of like keeps him the same. He's not good defensively. He'll help him score, yeah. I guess, but He's going to have to change his game to play with LeBron, and I don't know who will be able to do that. Um, but he might be. I don't know. Malik Beasley is a good pickup, but, you know, doesn't he have, like, off-the-court issues and shit? I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, he's got some problems. And Vanderbilt is okay. To me, this is a move that probably gets him into the playoffs or maybe the play-in, but they're not they're not getting past the first round, in my opinion. I, 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 they're not yeah. better than they're they're the top five. Team They're a marginally better team than last year. And I and by the way, I don't think much of Mo Bamba, who they traded for too. Um but yeah, I mean like they did pretty well. I think like get D I mean, I'm not huge on D personally. I'm not a big D guy. Um but like you said, Beasley and Vanderbilt, uh, and Vanderbilt's pretty solid. I think he's pretty underrated. I think the Timberwolves actually got the best of this trade because Conley's actually kind of a great fit, although it's not like they're going anywhere. But Conley's a much better fit on that team than D'Lo. Like, that's a huge difference. Because D'Lo's got a low basketball IQ, and Conley's a very high basketball IQ. The problem with Conley is old, and he's overpaid. And for the for the Jazz, I, I kind of was hoping they'd get both firsts, you know, from the Lakers. And they, they'd bleed him for it and not just, like, let him get, give one. But, you know, I guess Ainge wanted to do him a favor. Not a fan of that, Danny, but... <laughs> you know, uh, I don't think, like, listen, they're, they're, the Lakers are better, more balanced team than they were at the beginning of the season. But I don't really look at them and I'm like, you know, scary. I'm like, they're kind of, they're better, you know, but like, I don't know, they're just nothing amazing for sure. And it comes down to, it comes down to the Lakers' health. If Anthony Davis can stay healthy, they'll have a chance, but. Again, they're not better than the top five teams in the Western Conference. I think they get smoked in the first round, in my opinion. Even with LeBron and Anthony Davis, like, come on now, they're not their roster is not good enough to compete with those teams. Yeah. So uh, that was a lot quicker than the next one. Um, so now let's go to both of our let's go to both of our teams since, like, outside of that, I mean, we talked about Katie Kyrie. That was the big thing of the day. We also could obviously could mention that I don't really know what the Raptors are doing. Like, why would you oh not God. trade Van Fleet or Trent? Like, that didn't make any sense. Like, Van Fleet is – why would you want to pay for Van Fleet? Like, that makes no sense. And listen, Jakob Pertl is a pretty good player. I wanted him on the Celtics, but the Celtics only offered second-round picks for a reason because he's a rental for us. You know, like, he wouldn't have been here past this year. And they gave up, like, a lot, like a top six protected pick a first-round pick next year, that's a lot for Jakob Pertl. And they got to pay him a lot, too. Anyway, uh, and also the Bulls, there were rumors with Levine, but that didn't seem like they got that close. So, Christian, I'll let you start, though, with your team. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, right now, right, right now the Knicks, you know, they, they're, they like, borderline playing playoff. I think um, – Jalen Brunson has been absolutely outstanding. I can't believe how fucking good he's been, and I forgot how good it feels to have a point guard because the last good point guard we had was Raymond Felton. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but 
The biggest need for the Knicks was probably like uh, wing depth and. You know, train for Josh Hart's a good move, I think, in my opinion. Um, we were using Cam Reddish, so might as well trade him. And we traded just one lottery protected pick, so it was good. Um, the biggest thing for the next How many years does, does Hart have left on his contract? So he's got a player option. If he accepts it, it becomes non-guaranteed, I think. So it's not terrible. It's like 12 okay. a year. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's... He he fits he fits Tibbs really well. You know he's a defensive rebounding three and D kind of guy. Again, you know if if they plug him in right at small forward off the bench, you know I think it'll be a good fit. I don't know if Tibbs is gonna run a ten man rotation, but it was um you know I give the Knicks a B minus. They kind of have their core, and you know I'm happy that the young guys are playing well. Um, I'm just you know for the Knicks, I just hope that you know. They play Obi a little bit more, although Julius has been having a good year. They got to play Obi a little bit more because they got to see what he has. And he might be like a trade target in the offseason. I can see them trading Obi. Um, and I'm just very glad we didn't get Levine because if we had got Levine, I'd be throwing my. I'd yeah, I was like, that, that just feels like such a classic bad Knicks move. Like, it's, it's just. Ugh. Like, I, I was I was like, Levine is just kind of fool's gold at this point. Like, like I'll say, but Zach is a excellent shooter when he's on. Like he's an amazing tough shot maker. But I don't know, man. There's something off about him. Yeah, like this year in particular, it kind of feels like Zach Levine. I feel like there's something we're gonna find out next year about him, or like those bulls, like chemistry issues or something like that. Point is, is that they would have given up way too much. Yeah, absolutely, and and. You know what it is about Levine? Like, again, the stats are a little misleading because you'll look at his stat line and be like, oh, he shoots 46% from the field. It's like, yeah, but he takes a lot of shots. So, of course, he's going to get to 46% when you're taking 30 shots a game. He's not really yeah. an efficient scorer. He's just a high-volume shooter, and he's very inconsistent with his three-point making, his shooting overall. He has knee injuries. And if we had traded for him, we would have his max would have uh, hit – yeah, you have to eat the whole contract. Yeah, and I don't want to pay. Uh, I don't want to pay a third tier player two hundred nineteen million dollars. No, thank you. So I'm happy we didn't trade for him. Um, I give the Knicks, like I said, a B minus. Though I mean, like we we're we're mid, and Josh Hart helped us a little bit, but I think the goal is just to make the playoffs for us right now, and we're probably going to do that. I I don't envision us not making the playoffs or at least a play in. So well, the Nets are going to fall out. Barring a surprise, so uh, I could see the Knicks kind of up. I, I Miami is like they're they're going to be one of my biggest losers at the deadline. I just think like they're they're I think Riley might be watched at this point. Um, but I was going to say so the Celtics. Um, you know, I was at the game last night where they played the Seventy Sixers, uh, and it was the best one of the season. I can't believe I got so. First off, Christian. Tickets are like Knicks game prices now, but because the team is so good. But you know, before the game, you know, Cornet. I mean, we're we're literally we have no Al, we have no Rob, we have no Smart. Then the middle of the game, Jalen Brown gets a face fracture. He's going to be out probably through the All Star break at least. And the Celtics have, you know, and, and they're playing the Seventy Sixers fully healthy, and. They just kind of found a way to win, but what this Celtics team has been over the course of the year is when they make threes, they're like unbeatable. When they miss threes, they're like the worst team in the league. Like they can just they, they just have like the most active off switch I've ever seen from a team. So I figured if they were going to get a big, I'm like, well, Pirtle's the obvious guy that everyone points to, but Jakob is going to cost a lot. So I never really thought it was that feasible. And it sounds like we actually got closer than I thought we were going to be to getting him. Um, then it was Kelly Olenek. And I, I, I seriously, I, I was very for that. I thought, I think Kelly would have been a great fit on the team. But the Celtics had two needs. I had two needs. One was depth um, at the big spot. And then second is wing depth because Sam Hauser was, like, unplayable for a month and a half after having such a great start to the season, obviously galloping out for the season. And uh, and 
Sam, but recently, like Sam was awesome last night. I think he was like five for six from three or something. He played best game he's played in a long time. Finally, like he said, looking like Novak, you know, and not like not like fucking Aaron Neesmith did here when he missed every three. <laughs> but um, so when I got Mike Mustafa, which I when I saw that word, I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds pretty feasible. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Uh, Michael Scala is nothing special, but, you know, he shoots 40% to three for a big. That's a good fit in your offense. Um, you know, the thing about Cornette, Cornette has done a very admirable job this year as a backup center, but he's just not a real offensive threat. And you, I get they probably felt like they needed a guy next to him, especially when a guy like Rob or Al, because you know, you know, Rob with his injuries, Al with his age, you know, you're, you need depth on him. And Blake, you know, Blake was, Blake had 15 points last night. The crowd was laughing like every time he made a three when they were just leaving him open. But, <laughs> but like, all due respect to Blake, he's got one role here. He's here to wave towels and, you know, be friends with the Jays. So, like, we don't want him playing actual minutes. Muscala will play a lot in a playoff game or a playoff series. He'll probably play like what five, ten minutes, maybe something like that. Like, he, he, like he's a good enough shooter that you could put him in when, like, if you're if you're facing Milwaukee, whenever Giannis isn't in the game, you could put him in Muscala. You know, when Giannis is in the game, don't do that. But uh, yeah, no, it, it totally makes sense for the Celtics. They didn't end up doing anything else. I'll be interested to see. They have the Gallo, the, the Danilo Gallinari. Uh, disabled player exception, which I believe is 3.2 mil, which they can use on a buyout guy. I hope they get another wing. Um, and also the price for Moscow was so low. Like, you know, two second round picks in Justin Jackson, who is one of the worst Celtics I've ever seen. Uh, I'm not complaining over that. Believe me. And I do think that, um, I, I think that Gallo, being out, they needed a guy who could do kind of that role. And I don't think Muscala is as good as Gallo, obviously. But, you know, he, he can do the shooting part of it, and that that will help the team. He, he can't really post up, but he can do the shooting part of it. So I'm, I'm happy with that. So, you know, pretty quick, because our, our teams pretty much have, like, expected deadlines of what we were going to do. Like, someone like Hart made sense for New York. Someone like Muscala made sense for the Celtics. Um, so let's go to winners and losers. Um, I'm going to steal the stuns with my winner. Sorry, Christian. I'm just going to do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, you got Kevin Durant. One more. Do you have to? Yeah, they didn't give up DeAndre Ayton. Um, or a lot of picks either. Or just, I mean, think about this, dude. Rudy Gobert went for four first round picks, and Kevin Durant did as well. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's just, it's just, yeah, I, I, Dude, we also have to mention, like, we just have to mention, like, how the fuck did the Nets not trade Kevin Durant in the offseason and get more picks? Because his, I know they should have been uh, back at it. They fumbled they, that bag, too. They could have had Jalen Brown. Oof. They could have had Jalen Brown. I mean, and, well, I guess, who knows? Um, uh, by the way, Chris Haynes just reported that this is not surprising, but, you know, Reggie Jackson got traded and bought out today that. Yes. He's expected the Suns to be are expected to be very interested. That makes sense. Uh, uh, but yeah, the uh, yeah, I mean, like I, I think for sure the Suns are just have to be the winner of the deadline. You got Kevin Durant. You didn't give up anything huge. You got pickled. Like you said, the picks could come back to bite them. But I think you got to do it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's Kevin Durant. Um. Uh. So. My losers. I'm going, to, I'm going to combine my losers, and that is everybody who did nothing they should have done. You know, it, like, you know what? No, I, I'm just going to throw them out there. I'm going to throw the Miami Heat out there. What the fuck are they doing? Like, they, like, wh- nothing? They're stuck. They're stuck. That's the problem. They don't, they can't really do anything. Who wants Kyle like, Lowry? He's old. But like I mean, so apparently, did you see, I don't know if this is real. But there was an article some put on Twitter from Bleacher Report that said they had like a deal in place to get to trade Kyle Lowry to the Clippers. Yeah. And 
that like Riley was sleeping and they couldn't like I, I I don't I really don't believe that's real. But if it that is, that's insane. You know? Oh, but actually, there is one thing I want to mention about the Celtics. Mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised they didn't trade Peyton Pritchard. I thought they were going to because the guy all but requested a trade. That's a little surprising. Well, he was in. He was part of the uh, Yakupertal deal, right? It had they had. Yeah, he would have been. He would have been part of the Yakupertal deal. Oh, and probably for Kelly Kelly too. I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. But like, and Gallo. I mean, if they're willing to eat the money, then yeah. I mean, listen. He if he comes back from the ACL and is like eighty percent of what he was, it's still a guy who can make shots. So it's not like the end of the world. It's, it's like you just gotta be willing to eat the luxury tax hit. But um. I think I think you know, like I'm not shocked Gallo didn't trade. I mean, I thought for sure the way P, uh, PP was talking, you know, that his time was up here. Um, but you know what? He's gonna have to fucking suck it up. You know, um, he's injury insurance for what this people what is a very injury prone backcourt. He is playing right now. Like Marcus Smart, Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon in particular have injury histories and long injury histories. Like. He's going to play, and I will, but I will say this too about him. You like you mentioned, he's short. Hauser, this is the thing about Hauser. Why I want Hauser so badly want Hauser to be good, or at least like playable, is that Hauser's taller than Pritchard. You know, Hauser is what six six. Like he's around that. Like he so his upside defensively is so much higher. Pritchard plays so hard. He actually stopped him beat last night, but and near the end was hilarious, but. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm a little surprised they didn't trade Peyton the way he was acting, but you know what? Peyton, suck it up. It's one year, dude. Like, you know, you might play. You never know. And, and it, like, you never know. when You're like a backup quarterback, you know? Like, you never know. And we're going to need you if you come in. So suck it up. You're on a championship caliber team. Like, come on, you know? You can suck it up for one season. Um, yeah, so, so, uh, anyway, uh, my losers are Miami. I can't believe they did nothing. Um, I might go Toronto in there too, because I think they gave too much up for Pirtle, you know, and then they did nothing to trade any of them. But if you want to take Toronto as your loser, that's fine. So Christian? Yeah, so my losers, let me say my winners. I'm going to go with contending teams, and particularly I'm going to say the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Clippers. Because it's been the Bucks and Celtics added a couple of pieces, one piece to kind of improve the rosters to make a deep playoff push, which I think, you know, at the end of the day, I think this, the Bucks and the Celtics will be the teams contending in the Eastern Conference. I like what the Clippers did, too, honestly. They got Bone Thailand. They got Eric Gordon. Those are good moves. And they were able to get rid of John Wall and Reggie Jackson and all those other guys. So I think, well, you know. I'm sorry to interrupt again because I've been interrupting you too much. I'm sorry, but <laughs> the one thing, there's one thing about the the Eric Gordon deal I did not love. I'm just going to be honest. I, I don't think, no, like, like, the numbers-wise, Kennard's better. Like, that's why I was kind of like, mm, really? I could be wrong. Listen, I could be wrong. But, like, the Clippers are such a shit show, like, watching them. Like, you saw it. Like, when they play, if you watch the Knicks game, like, they are just in general, they're just such a shit show. They were playing the Bucks and, like, they just completely blew the game, and they do this all the time. It's just embarrassing watching them. Like they, they should be the Celtics. Remember, I picked them on the podcast. I know, I know. They should be so much better. Damn, why is Kawhi on the Clippers? Fuck, I wish he was on the Knicks. <laughs> yeah. but, but anyways, I mean, and they're probably gonna like they're probably gonna sign Russell Westbrook off the waiver wire, which is gonna be hilarious. Um, yeah. But I, I, I just like those moves though, because like Bones Island is. I was surprised the Nuggets traded him. He's really good. Um, like we mentioned, you know, earlier in the year. Um, but, you know, again, you know, the Bucks, the, the Clippers, the Celtics, they added some really good pieces, in my opinion, you know, that were going to help them push themselves towards the playoffs and maybe make a deep run. Um, losers, I'm going to have to go with Toronto. I'm going to take them as one of the losers because, again, they are not really a good team. But they capped everybody, and I saw somebody say that, you know, Masahiro Ujiri was just kind of fielding offers to see what 
what a guy like an OG and a Scotty Barnes and a Siakam would fetch them in the offseason. That's like, why not just trade them now? Because they're going to lose value in the offseason. Um, that's just my opinion. But um, Yeah. No, I'm 100% with you. Like, I, I just – Ananobi doesn't want to be there. Everybody knows that. They could have gone by for him, and they didn't do it. Absolutely. And the Van Fleet one is nuts to me. I'm like, he's an unrestricted free agent. Trade the guy. You know, like, get him out of there. He's not worth the money. Anyone can see that. Like, I don't know what Masai's doing, man. He has been pretty washed these last few years. Like, he's been pretty washed. Yeah, I, you know what it is? They're kind of like, they're kind of like on the next boat of like, they have a bunch of good players, but they don't have like a true superstar. So they're kind of just meddling. And also they won a championship already. So I think they kind of don't care. <laughs> but that's just my opinion. Yeah, but maybe. I guess another loser you could say is probably the Warriors because it's like, well, you let Gary Payton go just to reacquire him, but you had to, you had to give up five second round picks for it, even though you gained those five and second round picks. Yeah, that was just weird. It's like, well, why not just re-sign the guy then? But I have to, unfortunately, just kidding, uh, the biggest loser of the Nets, because what the fuck? Oh, yeah. What the fuck happened to that organization? They are absolutely fucked. And we know what's going to happen, Nick. In five years, they're going to have they're gonna have Cam Thomas be this promising young player with a bunch of other young promising players, and then they're going to sign two egomaniacs that ruin their franchise again. Or they're going to trade for washed veterans like they did when Billy King traded for freaking Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and thought they were going to win a championship. <laughs> they're just cursed, but you know what? It's a lot of it is, like you said, it's their own fault. You know? Um, I'll say another big winner of this deadline is second-round picks, and this is why the only thing I question about Josh Hart for the Knicks is so many second-round picks were traded today, like so many of them. But the, the, I, I get it. It's not like the Knicks gave up a ton, but like they did give up a first versus – oh, by the way, we forgot another loser. Forget just the picks thing because it's not like it was that big a deal for the Knicks. Yeah. Christian, the Blazers have to be – like, Dame is an idiot, okay? I, I don't want to hear anymore that he's loyal. I don't want to hear it. The dude is like, what the hell is he doing? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, they're voluntarily making themselves worse every trade deadline. I know. Why didn't they trade I Jeremy Grant? I want to trade Jeremy Grant because he's not going to stay with them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he might, but they're going to overpay him to do it. You know. I know that team sucks, bro. Damian Lillard is just wasting his career. Jesus. Yeah, you know, I'm, you're right, dude. What the hell are they doing? Like, why wouldn't they trade Damian Lillard? Then again, what could Damian Lillard fetch for them? I have no idea. Maybe like four first round picks, right? Um, I hit, but the problem is he's paid fifty million. I so know. Like, you know that's that's the thing. It's like ah, uh, and he's I don't also, know. he's thirty. So I tell you what, go ahead. But um, uh, but Nick, I forgot to. I think um the the Knicks pick if. If it doesn't, um, if it's like the Blazers don't get it, it ends up becoming four second round picks. So, you know, the biggest winner again is possibly second round picks because there's so many trade for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the point is, is that it's clear now second round picks have big value on the trade market. They're the new first round pick, you know? Like, because, dude, you find gems in the second round. Uh, look, just just from the Knicks roster, right? Deuce, Deuce, Jericho, Sims, and Mitchell Robinson, all you know, players yeah, that play a lot are all second round picks. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you this: I, I I can name maybe on one hand how many good Celtics second round picks we've had. So <laughs> I could honestly, like Big Baby Davis was one of them. I can't really think of another one to be honest with you. Um, I think it was Grant Williams one. I'm like, no, he was a late first. Um, but that technically is like almost a second. <laughs> I, yeah, that's true. So, so where we go from here, Christian, you know, with the, the landscape of the league, um, I'd say there's four clear contenders to me. Um, let's see, what is Chris just in the East and West or in, or like in a specific conference? 
Chris Haynes is just tweeting a lot about the Sun. Um, oh I, think, I think there's two main contenders right now in each conference. It's Celtics, Fox. I just don't – like, watching um, – No, the Sixers I, I, are pretenders. I'll tell you right now. They're pretenders. Yeah, I just, like, watching – like, that, that game last night was so embarrassing, watching them. Like, I was just like – like, Derek – when Derek White had that play, I mean, Derek White, like I said, he's so underrated as a shot blocker. Like, I, I cannot say enough. People do not realize how good Derek White is until he's on your team. Like, Derek White is such a smart player and such a, like, like he's an underrated athlete. But that play last night where Tobias Harris, you know, max contract player, is going in for a breakaway layup. He gets stuffed at the rim by Derek White. They go the other way. Montrez Harrell just left Sam Hauser, who had made, like, every three to this point, you know. Yeah, wide open for three in transition. Didn't even guard him. I was like, this team. And, and by the way, Daryl Morey. You know, we could. They're minor losers, I would say. Jalen McDaniel's or Jaden. I keep forgetting which one it is. Is uh, he's all right? Although if he, he had a scandal, I don't know if you saw this, but he had a pretty. Yeah, he sent it to me. I saw that. Yeah, that's not that's great. But the point is, is that they have Montrezl Harrell their backup center right now. And every time the Celtics, the Celtics just targeted him every single time in that game. And he was hopeless. Like, I was like, I don't know. I'm just not a believer in the 76ers like you. It's the Celtics and the Bucks in the East. It's probably the Suns and Denver in the West, which could be a first-round series. So that, I'm sorry, Denver, that sucks for you. Um, even though, like you said, they just gave away both Highland for nothing. So, I know. Um, I also think, though, I think, like, I think there's tears to it, right, Nick? I think contenders mm-hmm. in the East are definitely the Celtics and Bucks, and I would say slightly below them is probably the Cavs and the 76ers. And, and then you have your first and second round exits, which are the Knicks. I still think the Nets might make the playoffs, but they'll probably be playing. Uh, but it will probably be the Knicks, the Hawks, the Nets, and um, the Heat as, like, the, the teams that are really not going to go far in the East. And then in the West, I think, I think there's – four teams that I'd say have a chance to win. I think it's the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, I think people are forgetting about. Yeah, they didn't make any moves, but they're still okay. Uh, the Suns now for sure. And I think the Clippers, and I know, again, I hate going down the road with the Clippers because every time, we're just like the potential they have, their roster is the most deep in the league. But I'm still going to put them there until they end up blowing a 3-1 lead. <laughs> but then, then, you know, every other team in the West from like from like 5 to 13 is really just in it, but not really. You know, like the Kings, the Lakers, the Timberwolves, the Jazz, the Mavericks, I don't really think they're going to really make noise. And I don't know why people think the Mavericks are going to make noise. They got a freaking cancerous asshole on their roster who... You want to know why? Here's why. Because the West is so bad. It's just so bad this year. Like, at least now with Duran and it'll be different, but like, you get what I'm saying? There's no, like, standout. Like, Denver Nuggets are really good. Like, even the Grizzlies, they lost, like, eight of nine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it, crazy. Um, I think the East is definitely better, um, at least at the top end. I just can't believe the Grizzlies. That's another thing. Yeah, the Cavs did nothing, by the way. I thought they were going to do something. The Grizzlies did nothing. I was like, come on. You're content. Like, the Cavs may be a little less so urgency-wise. But, I'm like, the Grizzlies, I'm like, you can't just sit on what you have. You know, like, go out and do something. Yeah, they shouldn't really try to get, like, OG and Anobi or, like, a wing, like, a 3 and D wing. They really need that. Because Dylan Brooks is okay, but he's dirty, and he's also going to get destroyed by Kevin Durant. Yeah, I I, I don't, the Grizzlies, I feel like the Grizzlies maybe should have overpaid for Anobi. I know I know he didn't get traded anyway, but I felt like that was kind of the move for them, personally. Um... Well, listen, you know, a lot of moves were made. I, I think we can leave it at that. Um, a lot of moves were made. We haven't even touched on, like, half of the trades in this. But because, let's face it, a lot of them are role players. You know, like, a lot of them are role players. Um, the buyout market's going to be crazy, though. Yeah, and the Celtics had really could use a buyout win. I really hope we get Terrence Ross or someone like that. That could really provide depth. I'm not that enthused about, like, Justin Holiday or Will Will Barton, I'm really not enthused with. I'm not a Will Barton guy at all. Danny Green's old, but I mean, maybe 
Um, um, I, I mean, Teratros is my guy on that, personally. I would love to get him. Him and Hauser, like, just bring in, like, the, the, the streaky bros off the bench. <laughs> Guys that are unplayable when they miss and are extremely playable when they make. So, um, I don't know if the, I don't know if the Knicks are really going to be a buyout destination unless they offer like a big role. So uh, the, problem I, I can't is, really... yeah, the problem is Tibbs really likes his nine man rotation, and now with Josh Hart, I think he might open it to ten. But we already have ten. We're not going to play Fournier. We're not going to play Rose. We're going to yeah. now. The thing is, with the Josh Hart trade, we traded a couple of like bench guys, so we're probably going to need to add depth there. So we'll probably buy out some like nobodies because we traded. They traded Archie Diakono. V. McKyle and Cam Reddish who weren't playing, so we have three roster spots. I doubt they're gonna go. I doubt they're gonna go get three buyout players because they're not gonna play. Because Tibbs doesn't like playing people for some inexplicable reason. Should be interesting, man. All right, for the BX Basketball Podcast, I'm Nick Englander here with Christian Okay. Moment of silence for the Nets' destruction. Moment of silence. Uh, poor one. Just kidding. Not pouring anything out. Fuck them. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs>